The Kenny government seems to have these explosions of tension from within and without, and then a little bit of quiet. And then boom, uh, we get another one again. So then we come back and we chat about it. We are in another one of those boom times as far as the tensions uh, within the party and some of the external forces as well. Let's uh, let's have a chat about what's been going on. Dwayne joining us uh, once again, political science professor at Mount Royal University. Dwayne, Brad, how are you? Hey, Daryl. Is it just me, or is this like cyclical? It's almost, it's almost <laughs> like the, uh, the 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 phases of the moon. Let's see what happens next. Yeah. So we were chatting about the um, UCP rebellion from a couple weeks ago, and yeah. the the expulsion of Todd Lowen and, and Drew Barnes, mm-hmm. and speculating, well, are there going to be people leaving next? Yeah. Well, and then it more. went quiet. Yeah. Then it was because quiet because it looked like looked like he'd put a lid on it. He'd, he'd simmered it down, move those guys off into the into the back benches and independent land, and it all goes away. And then it became all self-inflicted with what I really do believe was a celebratory dinner uh, last Tuesday night. They uh, it had been a good week for the UCP. They they had announced the a very aggressive reopening strategy that very afternoon. They had uh, rolled out their, the second dose plan mm-hmm. that would get most Albertans a second dose um, by the end of the summer. They were feeling pretty good for themselves, and I can easily envision them as they're passing around the the wine and the Jamesons. You know, we're opening up society, we're opening up the economy, um, and as a result, our popularity is going to increase. Like, I can easily see them doing that, and then... There's sort of a side voice of what could go wrong. <laughs> what could go wrong? That picture. That yeah, one that picture. that one picture is what, what ended up going wrong. And I guess it's it's not a not a surprise. There are eyes everywhere, and especially on that spot, you know, there's lots of buildings to look down upon that spot. So I guess it's not at all surprising. Well, so and in in the very weird apology yesterday. The well, Premier uh, Kenny was even suggesting that they deliberately did it to demonstrate the, the safety of, of outdoor gatherings. Mm-hmm. Except, of course, they did not publish that photo. It was serotypically taken. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's, so the apology came after some six days of uh, there was nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. This is just a tempest in a teapot. I don't know, you know, we, we, I, I, but that was the problem because it, it was like it was like an admission. We followed most of the rules. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the problem with yesterday's apology was the, the timing of it. Had Jason Kenney given that same speech uh, Wednesday or, or Thursday morning, mm-hmm. we're not on the radio talking about it today. No, he, he could have diffused it all. He could have, but that wasn't the instinct. Instead, the instinct was to defiantly say, you know, um, we did nothing wrong and don't believe your lying eyes. And uh, then go after anybody who suggested otherwise and say, you NDP, you media, you must easily want everything locked down forever and ever. And that's not what people were, were saying. And so, it, and that part of it was never included in the apology. There are moments, and all of us have done this, where we do something wrong, we refuse to admit it, and then a couple days pass, and we realize that we were in the wrong. Well, yeah. at that point, you have to apologize for the thing that you did, but then you also have to apologize for the way that you acted. 
he never talked about the way that they acted. And uh, he tried to pretend that that never happened as well. And you know what? It would be easy to ignore the NDP or ignore the media or ignore you political science professors or whatever, but it became very difficult to ignore two cabinet ministers from within your own government. Well, so this just kept building day after day uh, until the press conference yesterday um, afternoon. And... The first were the regular suspects, the, the people um, that were expelled, Lowen and Pitt, or sorry, Lowen and Barnes, and Barnes then yeah. some of their allies that are still in the caucus Angela that Pitt. have always opposed COVID restrictions, like Angela Pitt and, and, and Dave Hansen. And those people, he, he probably felt it was easy to dismiss them. But when Leela here, um, uh, cabinet minister out of Chester Bay, just outside of Calgary, mm-hmm. spoke up on Saturday, and then the discovery of a, of a radio interview that Rajan Sani, another female cabinet minister from Northeast Calgary, had given in Punjabi Friday morning, then that becomes a crisis because these people hadn't spoken up before. These are people who support the COVID restrictions, who have seen the devastation in their own communities and were really upset that the premier seemed to be floating these, uh, these rules. And then another backbench member who had been a strong ally of Jason Kenney during the various leadership races, Richard Godfrey, came out on Facebook and then later resigned his position as chair of the Calgary caucus. So it was, it, it was a much larger, much more diverse group of UCP MLAs coming against the premier, including two cabinet ministers. Well, and not just any cabinet ministers, because uh, uh, to me, they, they had some power there because they're two women, two women of color, in the cabinet, if, if Jason Kenney decides to, to shuffle them out and kick them out of their cabinet post, that creates an entirely different uh, level of trouble. Well, in Leela here's interview, she didn't just talk about the Sky Palace photo. She also talked about Kenney's uh, long-winded defense of John A. McDonald and Hector Langevin. Um, and she goes, that is not cancel culture. Renaming a school is not cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture is 215 dead children. Cancel culture is beating language and culture out of children. Um, that was much more powerful, and it was all tied into the same sort of message that the, the premier needs to needs to apologize. And so I think he did take that to heed. Um, the, the, the question is wh- whether it really is sincere, whether it's being driven by, by caucus revolt, I don't think matters. The problem is the story's not over yet because uh, he waited so long and was so defiant uh, in the meantime. Yeah, and, and you know, I continue to get some messages, and uh, you know, in in through the text line with people saying, well, you know, uh, you know, again, and we used it. You know, the NDP is attacking, and the media is attacking, and the political science professors are all attacking. But I think you have to look at what's going on internally uh, with within the party that this continues to be a problem, and then you also have uh, that voice from the past, the one who felt probably maligned initially by the leadership contest, and now rising back up again as he does periodically very calculated i think uh, brian yeah. gene comes up and he, he puts out his call uh, it's time for the premier to resign yeah it was easy for for jason Kenney to just oh that's brian gene he's been saying that for two years he's never called for him to resign until yesterday mm-hmm. uh yesterday was probably some of the strongest language that 
that Brian Jean has has used, and I think that just adds to the to the efforts that that or the problems that that Jason Kenney has, right? And but the the appearance now of Lila here, Rajon Sami, Richard Godfrey, I think is a whole new dimension because the previous had been sort of Brian Jean supporters, which Todd Lowen had been, but Angela Pitt had been, the anti-COVID restrictions crowd, largely rural MLAs. But now you have uh, three that are um, more centrist, three that either supported Jason Kenney or were not involved in the leadership race, Three that are from urban centers. I mean, um, uh, Godfrey is, is South Calgary. Sony is Northeast Calgary. Um, Lila here is just outside of Calgary. Um, that's a different dimension, and that shows that the problems he's got with the caucus go well beyond, you know, this sort of rump group that may be tied to Wild Rose and, and Brian Jean. Uh, so you know, where does this go? <laughs> because it seems like they it, it, they're continuing. You know, Todd Lowen's doing it. Uh, Derek Philbrand, you can you can argue, is still they're working to try and create the ouster uh, of Jason Kenney is what it appears to be. And and how long does that continue to build before it actually comes to a head? Well, but here's here's the thing. So I think some of this is is being coordinated, right? I think there are groups within the party, and especially outside the. Uh, the caucus that are that are scheming here, but there's others that are coming to the same conclusions in a very different way, in a very independent way that are hearing from their own constituents, and that's that's a problem because uh, I think the the apology was designed to end this story, just as the expulsion of of Lowen and and Barnes ended that story, but it ended it temporarily uh yesterday's apology may have prevented further statements that came out Mm -hmm. but there's going to be something else his his margin of error is getting smaller and smaller and that photo is going to resurface over and over and over again and the just the optical image of being on the patio and and who kenny believes is the real government Right, um, it's not as widespread and diverse as uh, as his cabinet is, as his caucus is. It's it's four guys and a couple staffers, and and that's a challenge that he's got. With it. if if caucus isn't being heard, if it really is the small group, um, that's that's a problem. And there's there's three prongs that a leader has to deal with. Right, prong one is his own caucus. And there's clearly tensions within that. Two is the wider public. And if you look at public opinion polls, um, they're, they're dropping and they're not improving. And then third is sort of the wider party, the, the donor class, the constituency association. We'll look at the financial numbers. And those aren't going well for the UCP as well. He's gone much further than Stelmack or, or Redford. Uh, at the moment that they resigned, Things had not gotten as bad as the situation he's facing right now. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll watch it. I kind of get the feeling we'll be back in a couple of weeks talking about the latest. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they can uh, they can slide through uh, the rest of the summer without some... We, we will see, Daryl. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye now. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.